0: She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within.
1: It's Friday then, it's Saturday Sunday, Welcome back to She Loves Herself, the podcast. Oh, how has everyone's week been? Are you ready for the weekend party, people? Obviously, I'm in a really good mood today. Um, I always try and be in a good mood every day actually, really just tuning into my energy. I'm feeling alive, I'm feeling expanded and I want the same for all of you and uh, this week we have a a really gorgeous guest on the podcast and we have the very beautiful Suzanne Shaw. And Suzanne, oh, as soon as she came on, well, actually, before she came on, I just knew it was going to be a, an epic conversation. I um, have followed her for a while on Instagram and um, I was really intrigued by her because she did one year no beer and I heard her talking about that and I thought, I really want to chat more to her about that and other things. And... Um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't not have a conversation about hearsay. Come on. I mean, I'm a hearsay fan over here. And actually the morning of her coming on the the podcast, I had it on repeat. <laughs> had the song on repeat. Um, I just, yeah, I was getting all nostalgic. You know how I love the 90s and this is the early noughties, right enough, but I always get quite nostalgic. It takes me back to times when I was carefree. And um, the only thing I had to worry about was my fake tan on a Thursday night for the weekend. So we talk a lot about her journey um, to sobriety, um, her, her own struggles with her own mental health and how she really took ownership and identified that she was the only one that could really get her out of where she was. She talks about her challenges with having to you know because because this is the thing right with alcohol a lot of it is a social thing and and really having to create boundaries with friends and, and family members around um you know not drinking alcohol and what does that mean and um Yeah, just a really great conversation. Her fitness, her well-being, her Be Happy Club, which I am going to do her October challenge. I cannot wait. The link is in the show notes here if you want to follow Suzanne and join her Be Happy Club as well. She is just a really gorgeous soul. Her energy is beautiful. She's really grounded, self-aware, connected. And I'm excited to see what she's going to create in the future exploring the wellness and um, more spiritual side perhaps moving forward so without any further ado let's go into this gorgeous conversation have an absolutely gorgeous weekend everyone lots of love she loves herself with Jill Ritchie. So, welcome to She Loves Herself, Suzanne Shaw. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, <laughs> guys, we were just saying, I said I should have started recording this earlier. We were just having such a great chat there, and I was like, oh my
0: God, we need to start recording. Yeah, we were, were not we? Oh, God, I just, I know this is going to be a brilliant discussion. I cannot wait to get my teeth into this one.
1: <laughs> so, Suzanne, I actually I, I, I confess this, but I'm going to tell everyone. Um, I I was telling Suzanne that I was listening to hearsay this morning, right? And I had it on repeat, and Daryl came up. He's like, "You've had that on about four times." I'm like, "Listen, don't be messing with me and hearsay now." <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a cracking tune. Oh.
1: It's my favorite. Do you know what? It's uh, by the way, show 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 me the way. <laughs> Yeah, love but I can't sing anyway but what I'm saying is in my head I can sing I was like belting it out this morning but do you know what it is about that when I think about hearsay see and going back sort of to like 2001 time yeah it I was 21 then so it right. just takes me I feel so nostalgic whenever I listen to That kind of era of music, it reminds me of, you know, just not being really carefree
0: and having no responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. Going on holiday uh, with friends. Oh, just isn't nostalgia just having a right old oh, good time at the moment? Oh, I love it. You know, whenever five comes on, or steps, or S Club, you know, or hearsay, or hearsay. I, um, it does just, re- it does remind me of those, those days where, you know, things didn't seem as serious. Um, and I it does, know. it makes you feel, good, oh, it? and the biggest, you know, a problem
1: I had then was like getting my fake tan on on a Thursday night for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hear,
1: you. I hear you And I swear I used to be so orange Like I've never worn fake tan in years But I could not go out without my fake tan It was like my I guess it was kind of my sort of I hated it I was so pale And right. now I, I don't mind it at all But I used to be like Everyone was tan
0: then though Oh it was, it was all, on all the about sunbeds. You know Oh my god you've been tangoed I used to get called all the time It was, it was all, all about that if you weren't getting tangoed to go out for a weekend, then you know it was it was literally, you know, the orange look was was in. It was I know. You know. Exactly. Did you and use um sun kiss as well on your hair. Oh, oh and my friend
1: used to use sun kiss and spray it and then get the hairdryer out and blast oh, yeah. it with a
0: hairdryer. Oh my god. I used to do uh, fake tan, sun kiss, and then these. Silky shirts with really short miniskirt. Oh God, it was a dreadful look. And I used to go to the place called The Roxy in Berry. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: was, it, was a, it was a tragedy. Oh. Whilst listening to, tragedy. Tragedy. But, but
1: we're talking about nostalgia there, right? And actually going back even to the 90s, like Heart, heart 90s is my favourite radio yes. station. Actually for my 40s, Suze, I actually had a nineties themed fortieth birthday party. Did you, that fancy nice. dress! Oh my god, that's brilliant!
0: Nineties, I am in oh, my, oh my, in the my element.
1: Then <laughs> I'm in my element. Then it just takes me back to just carefree times, and yeah. oh, I mean, I'm sure I probably had drama going on at some point, but I just always feel like I never had a care, and there was I never really yeah. worried about anything then, and. So read up with somebody, you're 40 soon, aren't you? Yeah, really soon.
0: In on the 29th of September. So a couple of weeks. Yeah. And are you doing anything nice? Well, I'm going away. We're going to the body camp in Mallorca um uh, on Friday for a week. Mm. And uh when we get back, um, we we are frantically trying to arrange a birthday party. Um, but I've just left it all so last minute because I've been so busy with so many things that, um, I've just not had time to, to consider it. And plus I was, because I don't drink anymore, I was trying to find like a, a kind of a middle ground to what I want to do to mm. what all my mates still love doing. So
1: yeah, so we're <laughs> going to talk about that as well, because yeah. this is, I have followed you for a while and, um, I remember seeing you on one year, no beer, yeah. We're talking
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I thought, right, and I reached out to you because I really wanted to chat to you about this. Um before I do, when you talked about your where is it you're going away to? A We're week in New York?
0: A week in New York, yeah. Yeah. So what is it you're doing? Uh, the body camp. But talk to us about the body camp. So the body camp is a vegan sober boot camp. So you go there wow. to get fit, you eat all the plants and you don't drink and you're it is a retreat basically um but that it's right amazing. up my street because it's everything that I love which is the vegan the plant-based eating uh the no drinking and the workouts okay and yeah I, oh my god right
1: everything's <laughs> just going ding 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 right I need to just do one ask you one thing at a time because I just want to keep jumping in about this so the vegan and the fitness and plus you're running because I want to talk to you about your running as well because you just recently ran for 19 hours yep oh my gosh right so you're all health and well-being and you have your club and there's so much about you now that is just the epitome of health and wellness but that wasn't always your story no right so I'm going to take you back because back sort of to the 90s and when you started sort of performing and getting into acting and singing was that always the dream for you as a as a young kid?
0: Um, I started performing at the age of three um, mm. and I thought that was the only thing I will ever do in my life um, and until literally recently um, I kind of I it, what I wasn't I didn't feel like I existed if I wasn't on the stage if I wasn't able to perform and sing and have that spotlight on me it was just sorry I knew that was going to happen don't worry
1: let we keep it real here the dogs
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah, so if I um if I hadn't have got on that stage and done what I love doing I just feel like I ha- would never have I don't know. It was like, it was like my lifeline. It really was for so long. I just dreamt of it as a, as a little, little girl. Um, And, and I can't believe I've managed to do, pretty much everything that I ever wanted to do. The parts that I have achieved, like Roxy Hart in Chicago, with yeah. a massive dream of mine for so long, being in a soap. I was auditioning for, for Coronation Street and Emmerdale way before um, I got into to Hearsay. You know, I was in a TV show when I was 12 years old called Elidor. I was on stage in shows. So it was my life, and it was the only thing I ever wanted to do. To um, so landing a part uh, in Hearsay, landing that job, um, but, well, that was just, like, the ultimate, like, becoming a pop star. I mean, yeah. I'd sing, like, into my hairbrush in my bedroom pretending to be, you know, the next big pop star and mm. that, never, never thinking that that would be my my route. I always thought it'd be acting or musical theatre. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the hearsay was one. And it's, I think it's a lot of little girls' dreams, isn't it? It was definitely mine.
1: I mean, I used to watch Denise Van Out and, and Johnny on The Big Breakfast. I was like, I want her job. Yeah. Wasn't that a great gig as well? It was like so much fun. It was oh like, they were always laughing. Yeah, exactly. And again, being that kind of pop star and getting into that, um, it's almost like when you see it on paper, it's the dream, right, yes. for so many. But it was a journey for you in Hearsay as well, wasn't it? Because yeah. you had such huge highs, but I guess there was probably some really laws and need as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was it was tough. I mean, I think as a little girl, I expected fame and fortune to be the key and the answer to everything and to solve all the problems that I may have had, which I had very little problems, but you know, you do, you do um, think that it's going to be the answer to everything. Yeah. I think particularly if you have a real passion for entertainment, which I did, I loved singing. I love dancing. I love acting. That's what I truly wanted to do. And the fame part, I used to say, I want to be famous, but I didn't really knew what, know what that meant to me. I didn't know what that was. So when I became famous, that wasn't the bit that I wanted it was to be in a pop band and to be singing and performing and doing this wonderful thing that I'd trained all my life to do on a stage and show people that this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, the fame side was hard. It was a lot of pressure. Uh, it was a lot of keeping up appearances. You couldn't like make a mistake. And if you did, you kind of, you, 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 you literally paid for it. You'd lose out on deals or something if it wasn't quite on brand. Um, And then the scrutiny of the British tabloids really took its toll on me. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up doing was turning to avoid, you know, I would avoid. I would avoid the situation. So if anything um, happened to me in the papers, um, I would probably drink um, to numb the pain Mm -hmm. or the embarrassment, the humiliation with whatever was printed about it, whether it be true or false, whatever the article was um it would sting it would hurt it would embarrass um and that reoccurring a lot because we're at the height of our game we were the biggest thing in the UK we're the most talked about people in the UK for you know a good 12 months Mm -hmm. um but that came with its downsides and you know very quickly we we weren't together long we were together for less than two years 20 months I think we were yeah Um, So we became famous very, very, very quickly, overnight fame. Um, But then um, we were overly exposed, I think. Yeah. Everyone was learning on the job, the TV company, the record company. You know, we were, we were kids. We were kids. Mm. I was 18 when I got into the band. And so it was a new, it was new to everyone. And in the end, I think the public got a little bit fed up of us and I got fed up of us and the papers were tearing us apart um it was tough so at the end it wasn't the story that you'd hope it would be um and kind of came away from that experience a little bit traumatized to be honest um I think when people say oh well you're rich and famous you know what have you got to be worried about well actually it doesn't prevent hurt or upset Mm -hmm. or you don't suddenly become immune to emotions
1: yeah
0: which i think stupidly i thought you would (laughs) yeah just don't you don't become immune you're still very real and what what happens is a spotlight goes on you so you're in the firing line for any kind of criticism that you wouldn't ordinarily get in your own life before um, so it becomes harder, but then you're still the same person having to deal with those criticisms. Uh, thank God social media wasn't around. Oh, yeah.
1: Because um, oh. I'm not
0: sure how we would have all taken it then. But to be honest, saying that, the tabloids were really bad. They're not They're not like that anymore or not as bad anymore. Mm. Um, you know, laws have changed. So certainly they couldn't do what they did back then. Um, it's mad when you think about how actually toxic
1: it was to that people are allowed to actually (laughs) treat other
0: other human beings like that yeah we were called the fattest band in pop the ugliest band in pop elton john um said that we looked a mess he actually apologized because i don't think he can really you know, we want to be going around calling uh, people uh, by the way they look, and um, he yeah, he's, he actually said, I should have known better, I shouldn't have done that, and apologized to us, um, which was you know, you know, commendable of him to, to do that. Um, but yeah, I think Louis Walsh, Walsh I was literally reading articles recently, um, just on research of how it was back then, and um. I found one that louis louis walsh said that um here's a you know look an absolute mess um and someone's got a fat ass or something something along those lines and i just thought you won't be able to say that now no. you, know, you would you know that would be a lawsuit exactly um, oh there was just no rules then there and was no, no
1: rules. boundaries no i yes. think it's so so shit so shit because actually it's still you know you guys have obviously had to navigate your way through that yeah so you obviously you're you on here I'm speaking to you to navigate through that Um, sometimes it's not till you're really out of it and you go back and reflect that you're like whoa oh, that's so tough and going back to something that you said around um I think when I thought I had the fame and I was a famous pop star, then you're immune Mm. and it goes back to anything in life. I think sometimes as people in general, we place our happiness on external things. Oh, if I just get this, I'm validated and I'm happy. If I get this home or if I get this, this thing, this job, then that means I'm worthy. And it never, ever does. It never does. It has to always come back to the self and it's a, It's a real tough lesson because I think if you go back even to sort of 80s, 90s, even way before that, we were validated by people telling us or fitting into a box or, you know, ticking a box for someone to say you're good. And that must have been hard because I've spoken to quite a few people on the podcast before around rejection and especially in your industry going up for auditions and no, you're not good enough. No, Mm -hmm. not today, not not for you. You know, because you're a really resilient, you are really resilient. I've obviously I follow you. I love your energy. And I knew as soon as you came on this podcast, I'm like, we're just gonna click. Yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna click. Yeah, exactly. Um, you've got this most beautiful, calm and sort of um grounding energy and self-awareness. And you've obviously been on that journey getting into your your health and fitness and and your sobriety.
0: Yeah.
1: What was the turning point for you, Suze, when you said, right, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. Um, I'm going to really just actually take ownership for myself
0: rather than relying on someone else. Um, Well, uh, years of self-loathing and self-hate and using um, alcohol as an escape but not realising that it was actually causing a lot of damage was um something that just take took its toll in, in the end. But you know, going back to something really important, I think for so long, from even that moment that I was looking for the, um, the big, shiny, glitzy, glamorous entertainment job, I was looking externally for my happiness. Mm-hmm. And I I had didn't realize for so long I always had the key. And it was me who had the key to that happiness no other, nobody else, no Prince Charming was going to sweep, sweep me up my feet. And that's what I was told as a kid was going to happen. Well, we um, watched Destiny, right? I know, no. And the no, notebook. I know, and no, no <laughs> amount of money was going to fix it. No mm. amount of, you know, whatever it was, things, objects, people, friendships, none of that was going to work. And I think for so long, I was looking for, that external happiness from the outside source and until I realized I had the key and I had to put my big girl pants on and do something about it it was down to me it was my responsibility for my own health wealth and happiness that's when um, I looked at what I was putting into my body and thought well you know if I want to sort my mental health out I know alcohol doesn't work very well with mental health it's, you know, if I want to stop my daily anxiety, the way I'm feeling it, and it's out of control, it, it got so badly out of control in 2019, it was hideous. Um, and it had to get that bad, I think. I had to, mm. I think I just went on a, this self-sabotage for so long. From the moment my dad died in 2012 mm-hmm. to, um, to 2019, I think I went on a bit of a self-sabotage journey um and yeah so I think what had happened is I'd made mistakes I had drunk too much I wasn't looking after myself um I was on major highs and major lows um I was resenting the industry that I was in the entertainment industry um and it was just enough was enough and it was suddenly like is it going to be one day or is it going to be day one and I, it had to be day one for me, um, and so at the end of 2019, I started by going plant-based. Because um, I, I, I was working on a show called Hormonal Housewives, and um, mm. and there was a, a girl on there, one of the actresses, who's now a very, very good friend of mine, and she uh, she was vegan, and I kind of toyed. I'd have loads of gut issues with with my stomach, and I didn't process dairy um, animal products very well, particularly dairy. So I would often do um, vegetarian weeks and um, realized they were making me feel so much better so she started to educate me a lot more about um, plant-based living and so I gave it a go and since then there's been no turning back but then at the start of 2020 I knew I wanted to quit alcohol and been toying with the idea for a while Mm -hmm. I'd had big sections off in my time like I'd do like eight weeks of no drinking get fit get healthy then I'd find myself at an entertainment event or I'd a wedding or a party and the next thing I knew I was too weak to say no to the British culture of drinking um Mm. and the people that I love and surround myself with who um love to drink and that's what we did together and that's who we were and are part of your identity Yeah, part of my identity. Um, I wasn't brave enough to come away from it. I could stop the alcohol. That wasn't the issue was stopping the drink. You know, it takes a few weeks to come off the sugar cravings for it um, and the urges and the bad habit. But actually, ultimately, for me, it was finding a way to come out of the culture. That was the hardest part. Mm -hmm. and so I started in 2020 determined and what I did was announce to everyone I was going to take on the one year no beer challenge because that was the easiest thing so I had that support of going guys just really want to do this for myself can you support me um knowing that actually I did just wanted to knock this in the head I didn't want to drink anymore it didn't suit me I was you know it wasn't a good look like waking up in my face in a donner kebab. It just had to go. <laughs> so it's the only I, time you eat a donor kebab the eh? way. Oh god I oh. know. And I know, I know. it's was my drink. It wasn't the drink I was interested in, it was the donor <laughs> <on> that kebab.
1: <laughs> um, but everything goes when you drink. And I know like we hear this everything in moderation, but I must admit, alcohol never used to impact me at all. But since I've really becoming much more consciously aware and spiritual. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't agree with me. I feel it after one glass of wine. It can go right to my head and I'm like, whoa, almost like, what's going on here? And um, also I notice it now that I don't like it when I wake up in the morning. And I remember friends used to say, oh, yeah, when you get the fear, I used to be, I never got the fear since I've done this work. I get that, oh, gosh, oh, no. Yeah. And also it, it doesn't work with me when I'm doing a lot of energy work either. Yeah, like I yeah. think it's senses um, are dulled down um, into it, you know, into it, it does, a lot. It,
0: it does numb, it numbs all your senses. It numbs that awareness. I think I remember somebody quite spiritual saying to me, it kind of, um, it allows any bad energies out there and or what they would call demons um, mm-hmm. to be able to latch onto you when you are drinking. Um, mm-hmm. If you're into spiritual stuff, um, I think if you yeah, don't yeah. have
1: those boundaries and you're not aware of putting yeah. those boundaries up,
0: certainly I yeah. totally agree with that. Which, um, if you think about it, when you get drunk, you let your boundaries down, don't you? you do. Because you're freer. So you would it, it, I mean, you know, that's that's a, a different kind of conversation that we could have at some point. <laughs> it's a bit more woo-woo. But in terms of just g- general kind of well-being and health and my mental and my mindset it, what it did in the end for me, I think the older you get, certainly what I was experiencing, it wasn't balancing my hormones very well. I was really struggling. And what, when I could be able to handle a bottle of wine, absolutely fine in my youth, I -hmm. could barely handle two glasses of wine. Um, It was really messing with me and, and I wasn't enjoying, I was very alone on the hangover. It's all well and good, all kind of celebrating together and patting each other on the back going, oh, you were a legend last night. you did six jäger bombs? What a legend! Yay! You know you, the, the life and soul of the party, which that was me. I wasn't a moderator. I was an all. Um, I am an all or nothing person. Um, so I was always going to have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and sit in that kind of grey area of drinking. Um, and so. I needed to find a way to better my life because it would stop my motivation. It would stop my ambition. It would, I would lose my confidence. So all these wonderful things that I wanted to do with my life slowly, they were becoming a very distant vision and memory of some, you know, the person that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was holding me back. And so I knew if I quit, I would find my oomph again, my life, my my fire, my my get up and go, my drive. Um, and you know, it's it's been a journey. It's been a journey because what it's done, it's given my get up and go, but it's also really calmed me down. Yeah, and it's given me some balance and and grounding that I've never ever had in my whole entire life. My personality, I just thought, didn't lend to that actual fact. It does. And what it's done is give me that real sense of awareness. And now I just love learning and discovering on who I am, what the world is around me, and how my part plays in this world and and how I deal with it and deal with the, the external people around me because I found that key. And now it's about finding the tools to deal with everything that life throws your way, which it's it's been wonderful. And I'm still I'm always gonna learn and grow and never know all the answers. Um well the thing is we don't. There's no
1: destination, is there? Like that's I think we often think I need to get to this destination. Like it's not, it's just being present and one day at a time and mm-hmm. You are very grounded. Like I can really feel that from your energy. I didn't know you before, so I guess I don't have anything to compare it to, but certainly you seem very self-aware and um, yeah. and connected uh, yeah. to yourself, which is really beautiful, and I guess, because with alcohol, again, people definitely use alcohol. Speaking to my friend about this this morning, to... She's actually started seeing a guy and she has been single for 12 years and she doesn't drink um, right. and she hasn't drank for, for a number of years, but they went away for a weekend together and she was saying like, oh, so nervous. Oh my God, I was so nervous. So nervous. I said, you know what normally would happen though? You would have a drink Yeah. back in the day because she used to be a complete party girl back in the yeah. day. yeah. And she said, "Yeah." I said, you have to face your emotion. You've got nowhere. You can't take that drink to numb, to, to, to loosen up and to get comfortable. You know, you're just maybe about to get intimate with your partner for the first time. And it's like, honey, it's a drink. Actually, you're not. You're feeling every emotion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she was saying that, she said, my nervous system was like, ah, because again, we were talking about triggers before. It takes you back to a time when you're in a space like that. What did you do? What did you reach for? Mm. I would reach for a glass of wine or a shot. Mm -hmm. And then I would feel comfortable and confident. And actually sometimes you need to lean into the discomfort to start to get really comfortable again. Yeah. And you have, I, I love
0: that. So how long have you been sober now? So it's uh, been twenty months. So yeah, the start of two thousand and twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. Do you know that's some Twenty twenty. Do you anymore? Yeah, the start of twenty twenty. On the fourth of January, I, I quit alcohol. Came back from um, Barbados, and um, yeah, I was like, right, that's it. I'm doing it. And so I've not had. A and does your partner since- still drink? Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, he's, he's a moderator. He's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> he can, uh, he's, uh, he, he's fine with it. one beer every now and again. And, but, you know, it's not, it's not really a big party drinker. I mean, don't get me wrong when he goes out with his mates, um, he can come in worse the wear. but um, yeah. apart from that, you know, he's, he's, he's quite good. So yeah, he drinks. Um, in fact, I'm probably the first in my group of Friends and family to ever try something like this so um so yeah it's awesome it's it's so that side but yeah it is and um I guess
1: leaning into that which is then obviously taking you more into your fitness and your health so Mm -hmm. you've been doing an amazing amount of work I want to talk to you about the 19 hour run that you did like seriously (laughs) I mean I go to the gym like four times yeah. a week, and I really, I actually, like, I put in a shift. I must admit. I mean, I'm like sweating, but yeah. I struggle with running. I mean, even like one right. k, it's psychological. I'm like, oh, I can't run. Something yeah. happens. For you about, I read that you did 19 hours. I'm like, I'm, I'm an awe. I'm an absolute <laughs> awe of you. So that was for Samaritans, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it was. And the reason for the 19 hours uh, was when we looked into uh, the work that they did. It showed on one of their previous statistics that 19 people in the UK take their own lives every day. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to do something quite big. I think the reason um, I did so such a big thing as well is because i wanted people to ask the question why did you do 19 hours so i could say because did you know 19 people in the uk take Mm -hmm. their own lives every day this is a crisis that we are in and we need to start normalizing mental health and and stamping on these stigmas so people feel comfortable speaking out so they don't do something silly to themselves Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's the reason why I put myself through such a big challenge yeah. uh, because I, I wanted it to make noise I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to to really shake up uh, and normalize um, mental health and normalize speaking about our problems and, and it course, being yeah. okay that yeah. we're not having a great day
1: yeah I
0: love because that because I think really, no matter how much work you do on yourself, you still have bad days because mm-hmm. you, have, you have to have mm-hmm. bad days to know where the good days come from. Um, so it's, it's a human experience. It is.
1: It's, it's, it is. We are, you know, I I truly believe, you know, our soul chose us to live this life and we are whole and complete, but we are having a human experience. And sometimes it's really tough being a human being yeah. and shit things happen to good people no matter how good you are, no matter how nice a person you are, shit things happen and it's not fair. And it is not fair. And I think that's it. A lot of the time, we don't want to be a burden on someone. We don't want to feel shame. Again, this thing around shame. Yeah. And, it, and it, the only reason that it's shame is because it's someone else's expectations that's been put on us that we have not made. So it's like, we feel shame actually that's because we've not met the expectations of society or whoever's made the rule up yeah. <laughs> that we should be a certain way or think a certain way or act a certain way and when we don't internally feel that like well I, I you know I don't feel that happy or I actually feel really sad and really anxious about this this thing but I'm not supposed to feel like that because that's like bad or it's weak. So I feel shame. So I can't tell anyone that I feel that. So I'll just internalize it and I'll keep it in and it'll grow and grow and grow until the point that we start to become, you know, we start to say things like, you know, I am anxious. We label ourselves. I, I am anxious. And i said this before, but this is, this is feelings. It's anxious feelings. Let's, you know, like if we start to, as you say, normalize the feelings because we are a whole human being. We, we feel every emotion and sometimes every emotion in one day. And that's okay. The minute we, someone or we give ourselves permission to say, you know what? I, I feel like I'm like all the emotions today. Yeah. And we don't feel judged for that because it's the judgment and the shame that makes people feel like they're alone and that they're weird and that there's something yeah. wrong with them. That's the problem. I love yeah. that you did that in 19. Wow. I mean, it's tragic. It's, it's yeah. 19 too many and it needs to stop. It needs to stop. And I know with, with anything that I share, I always share my whole self because yeah. I have seen it and you'll see it as well in social media. We see a highlight reel, And so many people, it's so damaging for so many people. And I'm starting to see a change now, you know, it is starting to change a bit, but um, these people that we look at, that seem to have everything. But I mean, I've spoken to people that are in the industry that appear to have everything and they don't, they feel alone. They feel shame. They feel like this pressure to be this person and, I mean we should never feel a pressure to be any person other than ourselves and be able to speak our truth our whole yep. truth nothing but the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no we absolutely should and I think it's it's that it's the fact that we fear fitting in don't we and uh, we 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 have to run and find our tribe somewhere mm-hmm. but what is wonderful about technology um, I know there's the keyboard warriors out there and there's a lot of damage being done, but there's also, if you flip it on the head, there's been, there's wonderful things being done. There's great communities being set up. Yeah. I wouldn't have survived going sober if I hadn't have found a sober community out there. I would not have been able to do it. I would have felt extremely alone because I would have felt I didn't fit in. Um, and it's the same with so many things you know if you're into running and you want to do that there's a huge running community out there there's so many communities on different levels with different interests and different things whatever it is you love Mm. it will be out there because technology has allowed us to find each other and that's what's wonderful um Mm. and that's why I'll always you know really big up you know technology and social media and and all these these great things I know obviously there's there's elements where you have to be a little bit careful with it um, and be mindful and, and don't get too addicted to it. But it is, it, it just, I think it really does help, I think. Oh, it saved so, it saved so, many, so many lives.
1: Yeah. yeah, especially during lockdown. You know, as you see, yes. there's there's light and shade and everything. And it's, yeah. it's having that self-discipline and, and limiting yourself and being around a tribe. I love that you said that because I think sometimes people think they need to stay in the tribe that they've always been in. Yeah. Because it's like, well, actually, you know, you can go and explore. And I am so grateful for the work I do. I've always done it online, which allows me to communicate with people that I would never see in person. You know, I've worked with clients in America, in Canada, Australia. I would never, if I was face-to-face, I would never meet these people. But it's that ripple effect. And even with me connecting with you, seeing what you were doing, it has that ripple effect. It gets me thinking, oh, do you know, I'm really inspired. I'm intrigued by what she's doing. I'm going to ask her about that. And then just, that's how, you know, then... I do it and then it ripples onto someone else. And this is the the beauty of really standing in your truth and saying to yourself, actually, this is what I want to do. I don't need permission from anyone else. This is what lights me up and fills me up and allows me then to show up as my most authentic self, giving other people permission to do the same.
0: Yeah. Do you know one thing that I've really learned throughout the last two years is allowing friendships to evolve differently and whether they go into a different direction where you're not as close anymore, it's okay. Because one thing that I thought was always the case is that you either have to fall out or stop talking if you don't agree on things. You don't. You can absolutely appreciate and understand somebody else's point of view and and vision for things that it doesn't align with yours, but it doesn't mean that that's it. That best friend that you had from being uh, at school um, is still going to be that best friend. Yeah. You know, it's okay to find other friends because you've got different interests because we are always and We're always changing, but I can still love that person. Oh. I just choose that. Maybe I don't spend most of my time there anymore because it's not healthy for me anymore. It's not what I, well, you've what for me. and you've- I'm either going to be an inspiration to them or a trigger and it may not work, you know. It, 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 it none of it is wrong. It no. just means that it's evolved differently. So I think biggest lesson that I've learned is that relationships will come back differently. They may not be the same, but it's okay. I can still love that person and not agree or be have a lot in common with them. Mm. Oh, I love it. You're speaking
1: my language. It's been, uh, non-attached. Yeah. It's been non-attached, hasn't it? It's yeah. actually meeting your needs first and giving yourself permission to meet your needs, like what's Suzanne's needs, what's Jill's needs, and really honouring them before having to meet the needs of someone else. Yeah. And actually, I love that you said, I can still love them anyway. And I see this a lot in relationships as well, where, I don't know about you, but when I was little, I was always told by my mum, sorry, mum. But this, this was the narrative. And it wasn't just my mum, I guess it was, you know, the eighties and nineties, you know, you stay with your partner unless, you know, he is beating you up or, you know, he's like really, really toxic. If you've got kids, you make it work. So even if you're not happy, you've got kids now, you need to make it work. And so, I've saw a lot with people staying together and really lacking communication and not knowing how to communicate their needs because they've started to grow. Yeah. This person's maybe started to go in a different direction. No one's talking about it because it's like, well, you know, my mum and dad were together for 50 years. So, you know, yeah. that's what I'm supposed to be like, even though like they hardly talk now. But yep. but again, we, we take this on in friendships and relationships. We think it has to end like really, really badly to end. Actually, we can, you know, we can consciously uncouple friendships and relationships, like with our partners. We can, we can actually say, do you know what? We're different now, and let's consciously uncouple. Let's do a Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow and consciously uncouple. And I studied this for a year. And I found it so, such an eye opener and it really allowed me to work on my relationship because I didn't believe it could be that way. Yeah, yeah. It's mad and actually lie. unconditionally loving them, saying, because because we are told, well, if you love them, you've got to make it work. And it's the same with friendship. Well, if yeah. you love them, you've got to make it work. Well, we can unconditionally love, but say this isn't actually yeah work in this way but i love you don't change who you are because who you are is amazing for you it's just it's not really meeting my needs anymore but being adult enough to have that it's a brave conversation right but yeah
0: i think the times are starting to change but this is what i mean i think our communication used to be like god if you didn't like the way somebody behaved or what they did you fell out with them. You argued, and you walked <laughs> away, and you cut them out, and that was it. And that's what I was led to believe is that's how you be, That's how you treat others. But it's changed so much. I don't agree with um, you know some of my closest friends with with how they think and what their visions are and what their views are on things but i love them and that's okay mm-hmm. i don't agree with them it's fine you know we can still exist and you know be a, support each other and pat each other on the back but it might not just be as as close as it was once before it's OK. Yeah. It's OK. to, and it, and it prevents that anger and resentment and and manifesting into something ugly because then your negative mind chatter comes in and you're like, "Well, oh, that person said that to me. And how dare they say that to me? And why am I saying that? And you're using this language that is so unhealthy for you as much yeah. as eating, you know, ice cream every single day of the week would be, you know, you're, you're using language that's so mm-hmm. unhealthy for your brain that it's accepting that others everyone's just so different we think and feel differently with whatever upbringing we have with whatever genetics we have been given Mm -hmm. and just to accept that's okay and I don't have to argue fall out or not love them anymore to be able to to get on with my life I can still love that person and not agree with them oh I love that oh
1: that just gives me goosebumps and it's just
0: so on point
1: with where where I am and what I'm talking about and what I teach others and It's so lovely. You can, I've said it, I'm sounding like a broken record here, but you can really (laughs) feel that from you, like so connected to the self. And it must be because you, you know, you eat really well and you're really nourishing your body. Like, I guess it's like rubbish in, rubbish out. And no one's saying like never eat like pizza and, and ice cream and stuff like that. But I guess if we are feeling really low in our mood, We need to look at what we're eating and what we're drinking, right?
0: I've been so, it's something that um, even, I've really stepped it up in the last, uh, I'd say, two months I obviously have made these changes and you, you take baby steps with them. And, and, you know, at first when I went plant-based, I was a I was a junk vegan. I was literally living in Gregg's um, because they had the vegan sausage rolls and everything was beige that I was eating until I got ill and I was still upset and I was still down. And then I was like... Hold on. There's something in this. It's not just because I've gone <laughs> uh, vegan that I'm I'm suddenly healthy. I've actually got to eat healthy. I've got to eat plants. Yes, process, um, there's, there's processed. processed vegan food. <laughs> oh yeah, but it, the whole thing is a process as well. You know, I, I um, it's taken me a long time to get here. So right now, over these last eight weeks, I've really been experimenting with myself and being really self-aware and. And journaling, food journaling has been really important. I've been journaling my cycle. I have mm-hmm. been journaling my, my thoughts and my moods and really studying what is triggering me, what sets me off, why do I feel that way, what foods are making me feel um, groggy and, and not great. You know, they could be on paper, look healthy, but actually for my genetic makeup, isn't working. I've actually you know, got a, um, a sent off for, for my uh, DNA test as well to see where I am, to see if there's things that I can biohack and how to help my hormones. But I'm really looking into it because I just want to kind of really get to know who I am and, and why I think the way I think and is there, you know, because my thoughts, you know, I still get very negative thoughts at times and I want to understand why, those are triggering me and, and where they're coming from and is it lack of sleep and is it the, the lack of water and hydration and the supplements in that i'm i'm not doing because i didn't supplement for so long uh and now i could rattle around the room because i've got so many supplements <laughs> going on but i um yeah i'm just really intrigued because i am all about self-development because i love the subject matter i love discussing it i love you know getting tips and tricks off other people, um, researching and 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 actually looking into myself, like really doing some serious work of looking hard in the mirror and going, right, what are we all about? And I think for me, I could only do that when I came when I stopped drinking. Um <laughs> because I allowed myself to get vulnerable. I had to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. Um, and I'm and I'm starting to enjoy that process now. Yeah. Like you said, you know. When times get hard, lean into it, lean right into it, discover what it is and how it makes you feel. And you can sort out so much and come out the other side. And it doesn't get uncomfortable anymore. You get used to it. It's why the 19 hour run, why I was able to do it because I was getting used to being uncomfortable. Um, and in it, and eventually I just, you know, I worked with it. I worked with that mindset. Um, it takes a lot, but it's something about going out on a long run to do a bit of self-discovery and healing and learning and listening to podcasts or meditating or whatever it is that I need to do on that particular day that really gives me some self-satisfaction um mm-hmm. enjoyment so yeah I love um, that I think
1: there's more to come from you yeah around when you were talking about um the things and the thoughts and stuff. And it's really normal to have lots of different thoughts. And I I suspect you'll go on a, a, because you've, you've opened up your consciousness so much. There may even be, you know, you'll start looking at sort of ancestral stuff that's maybe been carried through into your bloodline and we all carry it. We all carry it. And now you've opened that gateway, Suzanne, and I really feel intuitively that you're going to start really exploring that part of, Mm. okay, inner child. And also even like from your mum, her mum, so on, you know, the ancestral bloodline, what we carry from all of them. Mm. And actually when there's some, there's a reason that you're doing what you're doing because there will be an element of you and it can be painful. Sometimes we're like, I've opened a gate here. This is, yeah. you know, there's yes. more work to be done. Oh my God. Yeah. But actually like you're ready to explore yeah. more and more and more and what we do when we heal it for ourselves, we heal past generations and we also heal future generations. Yeah it's incredible what we can do and the power that we hold within us so i'm really excited i'm going to ask you right because
0: like what's coming up for you Uh, like what's coming up i mean what i wanted to do first and foremost um what i wanted to do was set up a community um for people to come and um discover wellness and it's called the happy health club and we've just launched it And for me, um, that is like the starting point to invite people in, to kind of um, go on that self-discovery journey. And it may be a real kind of baseline level. Um and that might be just listening to the nutrition chats, the um workouts. Um, and what we do is we so the freemium level is um they come into um the Happy Health Club uh, Facebook community group, which is every Tuesday we have a discussion with a different wellness expert. And you're coming on, aren't you? Yay, tomorrow, I'm excited. Yes. Um, and we're going to be discussing um about trauma. Um and uh we have it, it can range from so many different conversations last week we were talking about how to find uh the time to to fit in exercise because we don't always have time little tips and tricks of you know if you can't do a full 30 minute workout what can you do when you stood by the kettle let's do some squats whilst the kettle's boiling you know ways to find movement within your day so um we can go from those conversations we've got um conversations about cbd oil we've got conversations about um uh, uh new uh, plant-based uh eating so there's there's all sorts of different conversations that we're going to be having um but we'll also do 28 day challenges and they're the three pillars of the changes that i made which was eat plants try sober get fit um and we do those 28 day challenges first one being in october so we start for well, you're tempting me to
1: do that to get
0: Ooh. sober for october oh my god I I'll have Uh <laughs> um, so we have the challenges, but I just really for me I really wanted to to pull this community together because I know that um that's what was important for me was finding communities who spoke yeah. the language of my the changes that I want to make. And it doesn't suit everyone. And if you're listening to the bus podcasts and eat plants, try sober, get fit isn't your thing, that's absolutely fine. And it no offense whatsoever, you know, we're all so different. But if it is for you or you you do just want to listen in on the Tuesdays. It doesn't cost anything for that. You just come in and you listen to different experts and you might pick some great things up along the way that really help you. Um, so, yeah, so that was the first thing that I really wanted to do. But I, I still I'd, I want to do more big challenges. We're looking to do um The 19 hour challenge was called Run for Hope. And we're hoping to make that an annual event, the Run for Hope. And the hope means hold on pain ends. And it's all Mm -hmm. about leaning into the pain, getting uncomfortable and knowing that, helping people who don't feel like they can get past that, saying it will be a brighter day. Help each other get through this. So yeah, Run for Hope is hopefully going to be an annual event. And we're just in discussions now about um, the big challenge that it's going to be. I think it's going to be, well, it's going to be bigger than it was last year. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to start training for that soon. So, it'll be another ultra marathon. Um, wow, that's just incredible and so inspiring. And I love that
1: hold yeah. on pain ends.
0: Oh, I just want to do that. more work, like you said. You know, I'm looking into the ancestry stuff, I want to do kind of inner child healing. Um, really look, um, kind of go to that next level uh, personally for myself. Um, but yeah, it's just for me the Wellness space is, is really where well, I just feel at home here. I really
1: yeah, totally. Love I these totally relate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Really yeah. do. Really do. I love that. I actually stopped eating meat in February. I haven't eaten meat since February. Oh, wow. So Amazing. I'm really interested in this challenge for the plant-based plant. And yeah, and yeah. The yeah I think I, I'm ready for another little challenge.
0: Yeah. it's And that's it. It's 28 days. I think the worst thing you can do, and it certainly was like this for me for a long time before I, I was able to quit alcohol fully, if I started to look at it forever – um, that was a scary prospect too, for me. Yeah. too overwhelming mm-hmm. and even now when I find challenges or things overwhelming I have to strip them right back and go back to baby steps and just yeah make small steps with them so 28 days you know it's not saying you do this forever and even in those 28 days you know if if you can't keep it up if you can't do it it's still there to give you tools you can still get all the information you can join in with what you can um it's about yeah you know starting to become more self-aware of totally and and taking responsibility for yourself yeah it is like
1: but 28 days I think we underestimate ourselves yeah it's really nothing it's in my opinion like I mean I didn't drink for nine months when I was pregnant twice yeah exactly (laughs) I didn't think about it I just was like right okay so we're so capable yeah I'm so up for this challenge and um yeah I have just loved this conversation oh, so much. Too, you're an absolutely too. beautiful soul. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm so grateful likewise, to you're coming on.
0: Yeah, no, likewise as well. You know, I think, you know, it's a real connection we've got and um, I can't wait to possibly do collaborations and work. Yeah, and
1: I was thinking out. that when you were talking about meditations and in our child and yeah. I'm like, right, I'm so yeah. down for that because I've, yeah. I've done lots of them for people in, in yeah. big spaces. So yay amazing oh so thank you so so much it's been amazing thank you